0: good day to you all it is friday the 2nd of april 2021 this is good friday uh the uh In in Christian parlance, it is the uh, remembrance of the day of the crucifixion of Jesus of Nazareth. And uh, we are are, uh, in mid-Passover. Passover Passover will wrap on Sunday, on Easter Sunday. Uh, And so, um, yeah, it is that time O year. It is the end of Lent. And it is, uh, uh, we're coming up on the, you know, the... It, 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 the celebration of the resurrection is Sunday. That's what Easter is. It's the resurrection of, of Jesus Christ, and it is that's the celebration. The um, uh, the in the Jewish holidays, Passover is the uh, you know the end of Passover is sort of the the beginning of the uh, of freedom of the Jews from the uh, from Egyptian. Um, Enslavement and uh, and the end of the the uh, period where Moses, uh, in, in speaking for God, was was having the the plague sent upon Egypt uh, in order to convince the Pharaoh to let my people go, as the spiritual used to uh, say or still says, I guess, if you're singing that 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 song. So, um, you know, it's a very holy time for a lot of people around the world. Um, but it is still Friday. And so we are happy to be on a Friday and, uh, looking at a, at a, at a weekend where, you know, this year as, uh, as people, more and more people have gotten vaccinated, there'll be families that are going to be able to gather a little bit more than, than we have in the past and, uh, enjoy each other's company and, uh, and celebrate those holidays. Um, you know, and, uh, That's something that I think everybody is looking forward to, or at least I I won't speak for everybody, everywhere, all the places, you know, but uh, it is a Friday, you know, I guess it's already Saturday morning in certain places in the world, so, you know, happy Saturday to you if you happen to be listening to us there. So as we went to the break, I was reminiscing of my childhood breakfast cereals, and oh my gosh, did I eat some bad cereals when I was a kid. It's a wonder if I have any teeth left at all. You know, I always liked Captain Crunch, which is uh, puffed corn. You know, I think it's crushed, uh, a ma- a mashed corn that is then puffed and uh, and then coated with sugar. And the other thing that I really liked was what was at the time called Super Sugar Crisps. Now they are called Golden Crisps, having gone through uh, a variety of, of names. I think they were um, Super golden crisps and then just golden crisps uh, and they the analog that was made by Post uh, uh, the analog of that was Kellogg's Honey Smacks which at the time were called Sugar Smacks and then they were named Honey Smacks and then they were just Smacks and now they're back to Honey Smacks which is how they're marketed in this country anyway I and mean, around the world they call them different things I guess in the UK they, uh, there's Sugar Puffs and, and uh, Norway and Finland they're Honey corn smacks, which is interesting because they're puffed rice, so there's not corn in there. But, you know, maybe in Finland and Norway they call rice corn. I don't know. I, I you know, I that's a weird, weird change to call something that's made out of puffed rice corn. Uh, but it's corn with a K, K O R N. So I don't know. The world is weird. Everything is stupid. Um, yeah, so those have like amazing amounts of, of, uh, Sugar in them and uh, Captain Crunch. I'm just curious with Captain Crunch, like that seems to me like it would have as much or more cereal in it. I mean, cereal sugar in it. Uh, wow, Captain Crunch maple syrup that they've dyed blue that is about the grossest thing I've ever seen. Um Hmm. So Captain Crunch is made by Quaker Oats, which is a subsidiary of Pepsi. So yeah, they're a company that sells sugar to you in fifteen different uh, fifteen different ways. Originally, Captain Crunch was developed in 1963. So another cereal of my youth. Uh, And the Captain's been out there for a bajillion years. Um, Yeah. Cap'n Crunch is made uh, yellow square-shaped cereal pieces made by combining corn and oats. That makes sense from Quaker Oats. It was launched in 1963 and bolstered by a successful advertising campaign created by the animator Jay Ward and introduced in the cereal's longtime naval mascot, the Cap'n, Cap'n Crunch. Yeah, he's my favorite naval guy. Wow, there's been so many different varieties of Cap'n Crunch over the years. They had a cotton candy Cap'n Crunch back in 2019. A variant of, oops, all the berries in the cereal are blue and pink, crunch berries. And, of course, a crunch berry is a fictional berry. It is, you know, a puffed ball made of corn and oats. Because, you know, heaven forbid we actually put fruit in anything. Um, You know, that would be way too easy and natural and healthy. Um, And if we do, we'll make sure that we coat it in sugar, because... We want to make sure everybody gets sugar because people like sugar. Wow. Yeah, breakfast seals are scary. <laughs> they really are. Um, the original Captain Crunch cereal was developed to recall a recipe of brown sugar and butter over rice. It was one of the first cereals to use an oil coating to deliver its flavoring, which required an innovative baking process. Interesting. Interesting. The science of processing sugar for your ingestion. <sighs> Cap'n Crunch. Interesting. Apparently, there's also a very famous hacker named John Draper, whose nickname online was Captain Crunch. Aha, John Thomas Draper, known as Captain Crunch, or the Crunch Man. So, uh, anyhow, yay to breakfast cereals, let us all not go into sugar comas. Let's see, oh, hey, we've been talking about lumber, um, I'm surprised Erin hasn't joined us yet. ah, Magically, as I speak her name, she calls. Good morning. Hi. (laughs) It's ironic because I was was just continuing to talk about breakfast cereals and the sugar comas that they might induce. Uh, And I said, wow, I wonder why Erin hasn't called in yet. And literally, as I said your name, the phone started ringing. I went, aha. (laughs) Yeah, it took me a second
1: to get things squared away at the radio station. Because my keys had fallen
0: out of my pocket and I couldn't find them. Ah, well, you know, at least you didn't lock yourself out of a running vehicle. Uh, Says he who has done that twice now. Twice. Um, So, we were talking about the cost of lumber going up a lot. And wondering, you know, how is it that the cost of lumber goes up? The number of trees are planted. What it is, is apparently over the course of the pandemic... A lot of people have decided to start buying houses. There's, it's been a housing boom. And so construction has gone up dramatically, like 30% up in the number of house starts. And that's why lumber's going up because they're buying up lumber to build houses. And so it's just causing a pinch on, in, in uh, because of an increase in demand. Uh, so it's, it's not everybody hoarding toilet paper. It's, it's house starts. And, uh, I thought that was interesting to find out. I would have never guessed that during a pandemic, house sales would have gone up.
1: I, uh, um, I read somewhere that housing futures a year ago were were like at $300, and now they're over 1,000. Lut housing mm-hmm. starts, lumber, lumber futures. not housing starts, lumber futures. Yeah. And so, um, you know, and I, I don't know about the commodities market. I've not ever been in that world, but... Um, you know, I'm like, oh my God, that's that's, you know, three
0: hundred percent. Yeah. Well, they're saying that lumber prices have shot up a hundred and eighty percent. This is being reported as of February twenty eighth in Fortune magazine, and they said expect to pay twenty four thousand dollars more on average for a new home because of the cost Dang. of lumber. Because that's roughly a fifth of the materials cost in building a a new home is the lumber. So. Uh, well, that makes. Yeah. Sense.
1: I wonder if people will start building their homes out of other materials, right? I mean, Yeah. Well, we there's lots of places
0: Adobe? Yeah, there's lots of places where they do build, you know, homes with like in fact uh, a lot of pl- homes in Florida are built with uh cinder block walls, exterior walls. They still have to do lumber interior framing, but there's, you know, a- a- and that's because they're trying to build them against, you know, hurricane strong winds and stuff like that. And so that's a common way to build a home there. Here in California, that's a very brittle way to build a house and not so good when the earth moves around a little bit. And so yeah, that's why we tend to stick... On you. Right. We tend to stick with lumber because it's kind of flexi-bendy. I mean, it's not wiggly, but you know what I mean? It gives a little bit. Yeah. And and if you build it on top of a steel-reinforced uh, concrete foundation, then the whole house just kind of surfs the ground and then the foundation may crack a bit, but it's, you know, the house itself stays... in in one piece. Whereas, uh, you know, I I think it just depends on where you're building, right? I think adobe makes a lot of sense if you live in the southwest because those really thick walls are incredible insulation against the outdoor heat. I remember when I was a kid and we lived in New Mexico, my parents went and walked through an adobe home that was like, uh, at that time, almost 200 years old, and it was for sale. And so, you know, and I thought it was pretty exciting. We might go move into this cool house. And they were three-foot-thick adobe walls. And when you walked from outside on a day when it was, you know, near 100 degrees, you walked inside, and it was relatively cool. It was like walking into a cave uh, because essentially it was a, you know, man-constructed cave above ground um, on top of being just a beautiful old home with hardwood floors and and giant wood beams, you know and given the area I'm wondering where the heck they got that wood that had to have been cut down miles away and and trucked in or brought in on a I guess if it was as old as it was then they probably brought in on the on wagons but uh, because these were big big you know logs that were used as um, structural reinforcement for the roof and stuff and uh, there weren't any trees like that in that area so they had to have come from the mountains but the nearby mountains meaning you know 30 to 50 miles of, you know, lugging a big tree on a wagon to get it there. Yep. So it was probably a hugely expensive home to build when it was built, but it was beautiful, beautiful. And and literally a house that you wouldn't need to uh, air condition much at all just because it was so so well insulated and so the walls were so thick that, you know, heat just didn't penetrate in. Um, and likewise, warmth didn't seep out in the in the winter as long as, you know, you had good windows, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. So you know, I wonder if it will, like I said, it make people be a little more creative about what they're using for their materials. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, I I keep hearing about them doing you know three D printing of homes and, and other things. I don't know that a three D printed plastic home would work in California because of earthquakes. But um, you know, I, I maybe work in some work somewhere else. I've also heard of people building homes out of containers like those big shipping containers which to me seems right. miserable why
0: would you do that but people do I've watched I have watched several shows where they have built them out of them and they they end up looking very pretty but unless you cut sides out and combine containers everything is restricted to the the width of you know every room is constricted to the width of a container i've only seen one show where somebody built one and stacked them and actually he you know was able to and then he built exterior to those two to build a really and he kind of set them in a in a square so that there was sort of like this covered central atrium area to the home um it was you know really beautiful um and from the outside when you saw it when they were done, they had clad everything and you wouldn't know that it was shipping containers, otherwise most of the time it looks like somebody built a house in a box that was too small for a house um <laughs> Side by side, you got a double wide. <laughs> Basically, but it's not even as wide as, a, like, a double wide. I mean, because they're not that wide, you know. I mean, an average, you know, the a mobile homes, an average mobile home is about 13 feet wide. So you can have a room that's, you know, 13 by whatever. And that's a fairly decent size room. These things are like, uh, you know, 8 feet wide in some cases or 10 feet wide, you oh, know, seriously? at the most. And so so that really limits the size of a room. Yeah. Yeah,
1: that's...
0: Yeah. that's- that's I think no the 3D point. printing has it has an interest because you know like you said it 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 might be brittle enough that it would have problem but if you use the right kind of plastics it you know there there would be give it just depends on what's the what kind of plastic it is so that it could then move around they've even talked about you know doing um uh like a 3D printing using basically like a a, a dirt concrete mix so it would be sort of like an adobe um But it's got some some either some some plasticine or some sort of concrete or something mixed into it so that you would literally pick up the dirt from the area and then mix something into it and then basically, you know, create it, paint it out as you go and build up walls. And uh, they've talked about doing something like that for making places to live on Mars where they could send the machine up in advance and it would build habitats. And then when people got there, they would finish them out. Yeah. I'd be interested in, in seeing how it worked, you know, or, or whether it made sense. I mean, I'd like to see a house like that. You know, I wonder, though, you know, especially in places like California where we tend to have lots of rules and regulations is like, will that pass an inspection from a home inspector? You know, Would that, with the, with the, um, would your, you know, regional um, inspector approve the building of that home as it went up? And I was like, I have my doubts. But you yeah. never know.
1: I don't know. I mean, I know that there are very specific regulations for tiny homes, right? So they have to stay on the truck, and they have to, you know, they they really have to be mobile, right? Um, you can't, you know, in lots of places in California, so uh, and across the country. So I think this would be kind of like that. Yeah. You know, they have to stay on the wheels, from what I understand. So.
0: Yeah, well, and I mean, I've seen tiny homes that were built not to be mobile; they were just tiny. So, how do those stay on the wheels if there aren't any wheels to begin with? But, the wheels got to be.
1: I'm talking about the, the what you know the, the the tiny homes that are that people were building that were built on like on a trailer. Right on
0: trailer were, beds and stuff. Yeah, and I've seen a lot of those. Yes. Yeah, and I, I know what you're saying. Um. So. I found an article that lists the uh, five uh, the fifty most popular breakfast cereals uh in order of sugar content and of course they've listed them backwards so i'm scrolling to the bottom to see where they are some of these are cereals that might be sold at other places in the world that i've not seen uh i've not seen cocoa dino bites but honeygram o's is number 15 remember quisp
1: <sighs> not really no, no.
0: Yeah, it might might have been a generational thing. Captain Crunch sits at number nine. I knew that had to be one up that was high up there because I loved that one too when I was a kid. Uh, Tootie Fruities looks a lot like Fruit Loops. That must be a it's sold by Malto Meal. Uh, Cuckoo Roos is uh, yeah. sold by Malto Meal as well. I think some of this stuff is in the U.K. because I don't think we we have it, but we have like a different brand name here. It looks a lot like Cocoa Puffs, uh, Golden Puffs, which look like the uh, like the rice puffs that uh, um, you know of Super Sugar Crisp fame, are number three. Let's see, number two, Golden Crisps. Post Golden Crisps, originally called Sugar Crisps, is number two, and number one, Chocolate Marshmallow Maides. I don't think that's sold here. It's a Molto meal one again. I think it's sold in the UK. It has 147 percent more sugar than even the than the average cereal on the market. Its first ingredient in the cereal is sugar, but that's not oh the only God. sweetener. Chocolate marshmallow mates also are made with corn syrup and dextrose. <laughs> oh, my oh my goodness! You have a donut Does any... for
1: crying out loud?
0: Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine? No. Chocolate marshmallow mates. Yeah. No. And one of the things I was reading about, like golden sugar crisps, they said that a um, uh, the dentist that had done the study said that 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 a bowl of of the uh, golden crisps or originally, I guess at the time they were super sugar crisps or sugar crisps. I don't remember exactly which name they were using at that point in time um, that was uh, had more sugar than a regular glazed Dunkin Donut they said he That's he insane. said you'd be better off eating a glazed dunkin donut than eating a bowl of that stuff
1: wow so the only so i did we did have breakfast cereals at home um uh, but i i liked the i liked grape nuts and i liked mm-hmm. um the uh frosted mini wheats so where it was you know the wheat the like the wheat biscuits but the on one side it was
0: it yeah sugar, they look like they look like a bale of hay like a little bale of hay. They look... Yes. And
1: I like those.
0: <laughs> we occasionally had those in our house, and we almost always had uh, grape nuts, but we weren't allowed to eat those. Those were my dad's cereal, and so we weren't allowed to eat those because if he came down and they were gone, he would be upset because all the kids ate his cereal. Now, you guys eat the sugary stuff. Of course, we were happy to eat the sugary stuff. It wasn't like, no, you know... If you had the choice and you were used to eating the sugary stuff, eating grape nuts was like eating little rocks. So...
1: True. I, um, I, but I was more likely to put it in yogurt than I was in milk. Uh. I'm not a big milk drinker.
0: Well, see, growing up, we never had yogurt in the house. Yogurt was a foreign thing. In fact, I remember when one of my uncles visited, and this is my, one of my dad's brothers, who's, you know, a decade younger than him. Uh, and they made yogurt. And so the first yogurt I had ever had was like homemade yogurt and 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 yeah. my, actually at one point my mom had a yogurt maker that was like this little tray type of thing that you plugged in that we, and and you'd put four little cups in it and it would keep them warm so that the uh cultures could grow and that's how we got yogurt we never bought yogurt in the store in fact i'm not i maybe it was there i don't remember seeing it but at the time we also shopped at a uh you know military commissary for our groceries cuz that's where it was cheaper and affordable because you know my dad was in the military growing up and you know, feeding a family on a military salary, you you'd cut corners everywhere you could and you bought food where it was cheaper. And we lived on base for a lot of years. And so that was the only place to go unless you wanted to drive a long way to go find another grocery store. So you'd buy at the commissary. And at the commissary, that you had milk, one kind, you know. <laughs> it was uh, a can of soup. You might have two or three flavors. That was it. I seem to remember tomato and, and chicken noodle. Chicken noodle and there might have been other ones if they were they weren't in our house (laughs) you know i remember i remember when um campbell came out with chunky soups and my mom brought home chunky chicken noodle which you didn't have to add water to because it wasn't a condensed milk like or a condensed soup like their traditional campbell's cans and i ate it and went i don't like it as much because i was used to watery soup that's what chicken noodle soup was was Watery chicken broth with a few noodles and a bit of chicken floating around in it. This stuff and, that and, was and like thicker and oh yeah, of course we ate lots of salt, and lots of sugar. That was growing up, man. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's just that's what was there. That's what you did. You didn't have a choice. Um, yeah.
1: I still, I, I still like the Campbell's chicken noodle if I'm, um, if I'm feeling mm-hmm. like I want you know, something nostalgic, then that's probably right. what I'll have. Um, I, I did for I mean,
0: years. I, I did for years, but my wife has weaned me off that and she makes great homemade chicken noodle soup or chicken, uh, chicken vegetable soup. Uh, and, and so now that's what I crave when I need, I want comfort food. I, uh, you know, after, so I'm, I make you really know, good 30 plus too. years of marriage and stuff, I, you know, yeah. Yeah, you've talked about some of your soups and so, yeah, I'm like, But I know what you mean, that stroll down memory lane, just the right mix of of lack of chicken and and too much salt is just something that's hard to duplicate. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Oh,
1: all the crap we grew up eating. Oh,
0: my God. Yeah. Grape nuts, which actually contains neither grapes nor nuts, is made of wheat and barley.
1: I I don't know why they have that name. It makes no sense to me.
0: Developed Not by C. W. Post in 1897, Grape Nuts is timeless and versatile. In 1933, Grape Nuts sponsored Sir Admiral Byrd's expedition to Antarctica. At the time, maps of the expedition even appeared on nut, Grape Nuts boxes, so that you could eat your cereal and track where they were.
1: Oh, that's cool!
0: That's cool. Yeah, that, in 1953, clever. Edmund Hillary and and uh, Tenzing Norgay took. Grape nuts with them for efficient, nutritious energy. They trek to the top of Mount Everest. Wow! Yeah, they should market that more. A history of healthy eating. Grape nuts. It's not just rocks. (laughs) That would be their uh, their slogan. We're not just rocks.
1: And and I I have to say that I would add a little bit of sugar, but not a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, when, I, when yeah. I make a bowl of grape nuts, you know, yeah. I wouldn't, I, well, but I'm not a big, I don't crave sweet or I, I do more than I did then. I don't do more now than I did then. Um, yeah. I don't really crave sweets.
0: Yeah. I, um, I came to like grape nuts mostly just because in my home growing up, grape nuts were forbidden because they were always there, but they weren't for the kids, you know? And so as a result, um, that's what you wanted, right? Uh, like I said, I mean, I'm, I would, I'm not stupid. I ate the sugary stuff because it was sugary, but, uh, um, but maybe I was stupid. Um, but, uh, you know, that was, um, it was sort of the thing that you, you know, it was forbidden fruit, right? Or lack of fruit because there's no fruit in it. Grape nuts. I, you know, the grape nuts uh, I remember was the, uh, Yule Gibbons doing his, uh, appearances back in the 70s he started doing commercials for grape nuts and he was a famous naturalist at the time and uh the commercial always started with ever eat a pine tree many parts are edible and uh and then he would go on to talk about grape nuts which don't have pine trees in them either but uh you know it was it was a complete non sequitur but it was like okay but i remember him saying that the irony is is that when he passed away he died and this is a naturalist right died of a bleeding ulcer
1: Maybe he ate too much pine.
0: I guess the pine trees' revenge, right?
1: Well, but also <laughs> course, caused by bacteria. We didn't know that yeah. then. but they're caused by. Of course, everybody blamed
0: the grape nuts. It was eating all that gravel. That's what caused the problem. <laughs> tore a hole in him. Yeah.
1: Yes. You know. We know better now, but we didn't know that then.
0: Yeah. Do we really know better now? back then we thought we knew better but we didn't then we knew better later we keep knowing better and better eventually we know best yeah
1: we keep knowing better and better and then we find out that we're wrong
0: yeah exactly isn't that the weirdest thing and it's like we're talking nutrition people have been eating for the whole of humanity you'd think we'd have this figured out by now and yet all you have to do is pick up a diet book or a food book anywhere and you'll find out that there's a thousand different opinions and nobody seems to actually know anything
1: well and there's billions of dollars to be made I mean, let's That's
0: us. why, yes. The the confusion and obfuscation is intentional people never trust the mad. <laughs> yeah. Ah,
1: Great nuts.
0: Yeah. Did you know that at one point in time before they started using the frog, they that Sheriff Quick McGraw? the cartoon character Quick Draw McGraw was the um, was the spokes cartoon spokesperson for um, uh, Sugar Smacks no. oops bumped into my uh, into my mic there sorry about that ka um, yeah Quick Draw McGraw and his sidekick Baba Louie who was the inspiration for uh, Baba Bowie on uh, Howard Stern Show because, the executive producer uh, Delabate, who uh, Gary Delabate, who is uh, who is Baba Booey, um didn't realize that the character's name was Baba Louie instead of Baba Bui. and he was talking about apparently on the show one time, he collects the um, cell animation, the cell frames, the originals from different uh, animated things, and he was bidding on a uh, a cell with Quick Draw and Baba Louie in it and he said yeah quick draw on baba booey and somebody pointed out that he didn't even know the name of the character he was bidding on and that that was pretty silly um (laughs) you know it's like like people who don't quite hear the um uh words to lyrics and so they make their own up it's pretty funny if you have you ever done that like there's sites where you can go to where you can hear people you know saying or you can or you can people have written out what they thought the lyrics are and then you compare them to what they're actually being sung and you're like really that's what you thought they were saying (laughs) it could be pretty funny you know they don't especially listen to rolling stones Mick Jagger's not the clear cleanest and clearest enunciator but he's not the only one there's lots of them out there
1: well you know when you're inebriated in the studio todd you tend to not pronounce things correctly
0: yeah and I was known, lizard guts, and the dance in the trees. And you're like, what? Lizard <laughs> guts, the dance in the trees? What? No, what? no. And no. some lyrics are just dumb.
1: And some lyrics yeah. are just dumb, and you're like, and your brain tries to make sense of whatever they're saying, and it can't because the lyrics are dumb. So, like the song Su Su Studio, you know, the Genesis song, or Phil Collins, I'm not sure who did it, I think it was Genesis, um, the lyrics mm-hmm. are
0: just dumb yeah I mean a lot of times they're they're saying something phonetically because they can say it in a that makes a sound that goes with the music that they've written and not so much necessarily for the meaning of the words they're just going for the phonetic sound of the words right and so I mean I understand what they're doing but yeah it doesn't mean that it makes it easy for the rest of us to okay let's see misheard lyrics are funny things you didn't know uh, we'll see if I can get the page to scroll up here and get some funny ones. All right. Uh, so, uh, okay, so in Taylor Swift's blank space, the Missed Lyric, all the lonely Starbucks lovers, she isn't wistfully recalling, recalling her. Uh, Unrequited love over lattes, but she's talking about her old flames. Actual lyric is, got a long list of ex-lovers, not all the lonely Starbucks lovers. <laughs> Imagine that. Okay, so, Rolling Stone's Beast of Burden. I'll never leave your pizza burning. I'll never be your beast of burden. Now, see that one, I always heard, I'll never be your beast of burden, but I'll never leave your pizza burning, which, you know, at least it makes sense. <laughs> this I one's do. great hotel california on a dark uh-huh. desert highway cool wind or cool whip in my hair <laughs> <laughs> and, and i know i see i started singing it correctly because i know it's cool wind in my hair but some some people apparently thought it was cool whip in my hair because
1: uh, that makes sense but then there's macarthur park someone left the cake out in the rain and i don't know how to <laughs> make it because it took so long to bake it and I'll never have that recipe again. Oh no! And those are the,
0: that's the actual lyrics. Yeah, and then you're like, "Wait a minute, is that what I heard?"
1: Yeah, those are the actual <laughs> lyrics.
0: Okay, listen to that this one. You keep it's singing. "Abba Jackie Chan, Jackie Chan, Jackie Chan, Chan Chan. If you change your mind, Jackie Chan, I'm the first in line, Jackie Chan." <laughs> If you change your mind, take a chance I'm the first in line, take a chance Take a chance, take a chance, take a chance on me That's the name of the song is Take a Chance on Me, they're not singing Jackie Chan
1: (laughs) Well maybe when Jackie Chan sings it he says Jackie Chan
0: Yeah, probably I would, I'm picking up good vibrations, she's giving me her citations Uh, and it's actually that's that's good vibrations by the Beach Boys. It's actually I'm picking up good vibrations. She's giving me excitations.
1: Ah. Uh,
0: not her citations. She, she 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 pays her own citations.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Living on a prayer, Bon Jovi. It doesn't make a difference if we're naked or not. The actual line is it it doesn't make a difference if we make it or not. not? If we make it or not. Yeah. (laughs) If we make it or not. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's easy to mishear stuff. And, you know, it's funny because that happens a lot too. You know, like if you're just listening to people talk, you think you hear them say things and then you go back and go, wait a minute. And a lot of times I think it's, 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 not necessarily them even saying it wrong. It's your brain in context, not picking it up. Your your brain doesn't file the information properly. It's and, and because I have on TV shows, heard them say something that didn't make any sense to me, backed it up and listened to it again. And I'm like, oh, okay, that that's different. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> we all have our Emily Latella moments, right?
1: <laughs> yes, yes. Especially if you're talking to somebody who speaks. So teenagers tend to speak really fast and have poor diction. And so I know that there were times when the kids were growing up where I'm like, okay, stop, slow down, and say that again.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't have what's in your head, so I I didn't just experience what you experienced. You have to slow down, put this in context, and explain what you're talking about because I don't know what you just said. (laughs) Yeah, like, uh, what was it, uh, Emily? I don't believe in burning tissues. Why would you burn your tissues? Just put them in the trash like everybody else. And it was burning issues. Oh, that's different. (laughs) Never mind. Yeah. Death penalty. Why would
1: you penalize deaf people just because they can't hear? Isn't their life tough enough?
0: Oh, death penalty. That's different. Never mind. Violins on television. I don't want any more violins on television. They don't make sense. It's hard to listen to too many violins. Oh, violence! That's different. Never mind. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, and my favorites. My favorites. Um, endangered feces. I don't understand how such a thing can be endangered anyway. <laughs> yeah.
0: Everybody pups. Oh, species. That's different. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Such a great character that she put together. You know, why is everybody so upset about euthanasia? Oh, you said euthanasia. Got you. Never yeah. Mind. Yeah. Yeah. What's the big deal about Soviet jewelry? I don't understand why we should be saving Soviet jewelry. Their jewelry is no different than our jewelry. Oh, Soviet jewelry. That's different. Never mind. And, and the thing was, she could, she could you know, tackle almost any particular issue and make fun of it, and make you laugh about it. Even if it's an incredibly serious issue. I mean, it, you know, it could be a burning tissue and she would be really on it. Um, you know. Yeah. Transcendental medication. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Flea elections in China. Why are they electing fleas? Oh, free elections in China
1: never
0: mind <laughs> yeah she was just awesome yeah yeah that was gilda Radner I, for those yeah gilda Radner. just stunning what a comedic loss She you know it's funny because we look at the that original series of group of people coming out of saturday Night live that first class of saturday Night live people and they were such standouts they were all i mean every one of them really and, and they all had differing careers at differing places and all had you know have had you know personal issues in their lives of different kinds. Um, and we often think of, um, you know, um, Chevy Chase was the first one to kind of break out. And then it was uh, um,
1: uh, Don Belushi.
0: Belushi and uh, and his partner in crime, um, uh, Dan Aykroyd. Thank you. I'm, I'm, bl- I'm blanking on names here because I'm looking at Gilder Adner. But, you know, uh, every one of them was able to go on and have a, a pretty good, astoundingly good career in different ways Um, unfortunately we lost Gilda Radner fairly young from cancer Uh, but you know she uh, I mean she was only 42 when she passed away Uh, but I think she was probably the best of them I mean she was just stunningly funny Um, and and fearless in, in, in sketch comedy you know I would have loved to have seen things that she would have done later in life you know I mean, Jean Curtin went and on we to... A, Jane yeah, Curtin sorry. was in several um, several different sitcoms over the years. And she's funny. And she was always like sort of, you know, deadpan humor. I mean, just... But each of them was just so talented.
1: And I think that it really wasn't until Tina Fey that we, that, that, that level of talent was matched by another woman on Saturday Night Live.
0: Yeah, you know, I think you're right. Tina I think Faye you're right. I mean, was there was some really... Yeah, there were some really good uh female comedians, but just the, she was like on another planet. Um, you know, I mean, really really good, but uh but uh yeah, it was um, you know, that 1975-76 season, you know, it was Chevy Chase, Dan Aykroyd, John Belushi, Jane Curtin, Garrett Morris, uh faded away for a while but then came back and did quite a few uh uh Cool things, um, you know, in in, in later years. Uh, Lorraine Newman, kind of under the radar, but uh, super, super talented and funny. Gilda Radner, uh, and that was sort of the, the first year. And then uh, behind them came in uh, Bill Murray, Al Franken, Harry Shearer, Don Novello. Remember um, Don Novello's character, um, uh, the fa- father, Guido Sarducci?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that was like the subsequent years in the, in the in the uh, middle to late seventies, you know. And then they kind of rolled into the eighties, and things got a little little um, dry uh, at the beginning of the era, uh, you know. But but that introduced Eddie Murphy, Joe Piscopo, Brian Doyle Murray came in, um, you know, really really good. But you're right. I'm trying to look at some of the women here. You know, Mary Gross did okay. She was two, uh, 81, and she's done a few things. Uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus, obviously, she'd done a ton of stuff, and she was on the cast eighty-two to eighty-five. Uh, oh, I had which over-
1: forgotten that she was on SNL.
0: Yeah, she overlapped with uh, Jim Belushi, Billy Crystal, Crystal, Rich Hall, the guy who was talking about doing the Sniglets the other day. Yes. Uh, Martin Short, uh, Joan Cusack, Robert Downey Jr., Anthony Michael Hall, uh, Randy Quaid. That was a pretty that interesting. Sounds
1: like guest host. That sounds like uh, a guest
0: host. No, these were cast members in 85 in, in the mid 80s. They each did like one season. Oh. Terry Terry Sweeney, Damon Wayans did 85 86. John Levitz was 85 to 90, Dennis Miller 85 to 91. That was another group, Jan Hooks, uh Phil Hartman. I guess I wasn't oh man.
1: attention in
0: the 80s. <laughs> yeah. Well, we were raising children, right? Or no, I guess we weren't. We weren't raising children yet. Never mind. That was the 90s. No, I was in um, high school.
1: Middle yeah. school and high school.
0: Yeah, I was in college during that time period, so wasn't sitting around watching television on Saturday nights. Uh, yeah, mid-80s, Dana Carvey, Phil Hartman, Kevin Nealon, Ben Stiller was on for one season, Mike Myers, Chris Rock, Rob Schneider, Julia Sweeney, Chris Farley, David Spade. That was a pretty good run. That was sort of mid-80s to the beginning of the 90s. Uh, and then here's the 90s. You know, you get into 90s, and we got Chris Farley, David Spade at the beginning of the 90s. Uh, Adam Sandler in 91, Tim Meadows 91. Sarah Silverman, I forgot she was on for one season, 93 to 94. She was um, not a main cast. She was a writer that did occasional things. And I've heard her talk about that. She said it was a terrible year. She says it just wasn't a good fit for me and my comedy. They didn't like anything I wrote. And... I don't
1: think she's particularly
0: funny. Oh, really? I actually like Sarah Silverman. Um, her, Her delivery is... A little different. You have to get used to her delivery, but I think her insights in her comedy uh are, are can be really funny. Uh Jeannie Garofalo I've always liked her. She came in mid nineties. Uh, but she was only on one season. Uh Michael McKean was on two seasons. I forgot about that. Boy, he was the old guy at that time. Um Molly Shannon, Will Farrell. Man, the talent that's gone through that place. Uh, Chris Kattan, Tracy Morgan, Jimmy Fallon. That was, uh, late nineties to early two thousands. Uh, Tina Fey, 2000 to 2006. Yeah. I think you're right. If you, if you get off of that first original cast, Tina Fey was the first, like absolute superstar. Now there are some really great people. Tina Fey overlapped with Maya Rudolph, who's fantastic. And Amy Poehler, obviously fantastic. Um, you know, and they overlapped. I mean, they were sort of in the same cast with, like, uh, Will Fort and, and uh, Fred Armiston and uh, uh, that group. I, I, during that period, I think during the early 2000s, the women really were stronger than the men, even. You know, because that was Tina Fey, Maya Rudolph, and, and Amy Poehler. You know, the guys were Jerry Minor. uh <laughs> Appropriately named, apparently. Uh, Dean Edwards, Jeff Richards. I mean, you know, other than Seth Meyers and Fred Armisen, how many of those guys do you remember? Uh, no. Yeah, Kenan Thompson came in during that time. He's he's pretty funny. He's got a new show, by the way. Have you seen it? I think it's called no. Kenan. It's a sitcom. It's kind of cute. Andy Samberg in the mid-2000s, Bill Hader, Jason Sudeikis. I love Jason Sudeikis. That new show that he's doing on on uh, Apple+. Plus is phenomenal.
1: Yeah, it's
0: really good it really is i love that show uh let's see Midi, middle 210s bunch of people tim robinson i know rest of them i know kate mckinnon's the one who's been the breakout in the uh in the like two two 2012 she joined this and she's still on she's been on there 10 years
1: but she's like she's carrying the whole cast
0: she kind of is and yet sometimes i really get tired of her her she seems to even when she's in movies, she just kind of overacts to the point where I don't find it entertaining. Yeah. Um, she rubs me the wrong way sometimes, I guess. I've seen her when she's more... toned. It's almost like um, Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler toned down in movies is phenomenal. When you let Adam Sandler just be goofy, it, he bores me. And I kind of feel that way with her. You know? When she yeah. tones it down, if she's yeah. got the right director, she's incredible. But left to her own devices, she she spins off into... You know, just stylistically, things I don't care for. Um, but you're right; I think she's kind of carrying the cast. The other one that seems to have had been, been a little bit of a breakout, although I'm not a particular big fan of his either, right now is Pete Davidson in the current cast.
1: Oh, I'm not a fan.
0: Yeah, yeah, he doesn't do much for me, and I just don't find his stuff funny. And I'm looking at the rest of these names, and I really don't know any of them: Punky Johnson, Lauren Holt, Bowen Yang, Chloe Finneman, Chris Red, Heidi Gardner. I could be naming people standing in line At at, at a uh, cafeteria Alex Moffat, Mikey Day <laughs> I don't know any of these people Colin Jost has been there since uh, 2014, he's the guy who's the current um, uh, Weekend Update anchor Or co-anchor uh, You know, Michael Che Is the other uh, Weekend Update Anchor, and so I kind of know them Leslie Jones is funny uh, But she quit in 2019 So she she was there five years but, uh, yeah, I don't know. The current cast is doesn't do much for me. But so but still, you look overall. <laughs> it's a lot time. of people. A lot of talent. Okay. Well, apparently us sitting and reading the list of Saturday Night Live cast members doesn't demonstrate much talent either. Sorry, everybody, if you were completely bored by that. It was odd. But it was a stroll down memory lane. Happy Good Friday to you all. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back on Monday. Have a wonderful Easter. I'm Todd Brinker.
1: <sighs> I'm Aaron Brinker. Happy Easter, everyone. We'll see you on Monday.